Therefore, I make this as a confession. I will meditate in it. Both day and night. A chapter in the morning. And a word in the evening. And because I do, my life is blessed. Oh, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Now everything I touch turns to success. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for this, another opportunity to minister unto these, your sheep. All of us together, agree together. As you said in your word, that if two of you agree together concerning anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of our Father, which is in heaven. As we come before you today, Father, we agree for revelation knowledge to flow into each and every one of our hearts, that we'll see it, we'll get it, your word to us in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for revelation. We thank you, Father, for this service that not one of us will leave the same way that we came. We'll all be changed in Jesus' name. If you agree with that prayer, say amen. 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 Again, welcome everybody here as well as online. Let's get into the word of God today. Open with me in your Bible to the book of Mark chapter 11. This is the third part in the series that we've been on called Have Faith in God. And the text for the series is Mark chapter 11. This is the words of Jesus. Mark chapter 11, verse 22 through verse 26. Once again, you can follow along with me on on the screen. He says, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says shall come to pass, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And when you stand praying, verse 25, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you don't forgive, neither will your Father in heaven. I want you to catch the emphasis on those two verses. Your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. My specific assignment today, the title of the message, is have faith in your heavenly Father. Have faith in your heavenly Father. I want you to notice here, he starts out with a message to the disciples, but I believe this is Jesus' message to us today. You came to church I trust that you came to get a word from God. He's got a word for you today. Have faith in God. That's Jesus' text message to you. Come on. <laughs> you know, I just imagine you got a text message, you buzz, you, you look at it, and it says, Jesus, come on, somebody. How many, how many of you going to ignore that text? No, you're not going to ignore that one. And you open it up, and it's just got four simple words. Maybe you've been going through a really, really tough time. Maybe you've been in a really tight situation or 
you know, you've got some medical situation that you're up against, or maybe you've been having a hard time with a, with a family member, whatever the case, I'm here to encourage you. You just got a word from God. You may not understand the fullness of these four words, but he just, he just gave you the answer to everything you need in a moment. You open up the message and the four words simply say, Jesus is telling you, have faith in God. I know that payment is coming up. Here's the answer. Have faith in God. I know you got to meet with the lawyer. Here's the word for you. Have faith in God. I know it looks like it's never going to change. Things are always going to be this way. Jesus, his message to you is to have faith in God. But specifically what I found really, really interesting, I've been excited about this message for a couple of weeks. He's not just saying have faith in God. Yeah, God, he's the creator. He created planets. Do you think he could do something about your situation? Come on, he made man. He made man's body. What organ is it that you need? What is it that needs to change in your body? Have faith in the one who created it all, right? Have faith in God. He created the stars, the moon. He created the oceans and the rivers. He created the birds and the animals. He can turn situations in your favor. Have faith in the one who created it all. But he's also saying, have faith in your heavenly father. That's a little more personal. And I want to get personal today. Because he's not just talking about one who sits high and looks low. He's, he's talking about one who wants to walk with you in the cool of the day. The one that you can have a relationship with. The one that you can end up calling Abba, Father. The one that you can look to as dad. And he's saying, have faith in your heavenly father. So now notice, he's talking about speaking the mountains. And we were talking about, you know, believing for it and the mountains and so forth and all of that. But he says right after that, and when you stand praying to God, there's something I need you to do. Forgive if somebody, if you got something against somebody or somebody's got something against, forgive them so that your father, who, he's specific to say, your father who is in heaven. And if you do this, and your father will be able to, if you don't do this, then your father, somebody say, your father. So my assignment today and in this series is to make clear this message that Jesus is sending to you and yours, which is the answer to anything that you're up against or that you're dealing with, and that is to have faith in God. Why is this message so important? It's, it's important for a number of reasons, but this message is important because you and I are commanded to live by faith. Four times in the Bible, he says, the just shall live by faith. And then specifically, Jesus, talking to us, is commanding us to have faith in God. Come on, that's a command. You have faith in God, but oh, and and all of the doubt and the unbelief and the fear and the trepidation, all of that that comes against you, you've got to press past that and do what God has commanded you to do. Have faith in your Father. Another reason why this is important is because God operates by faith. Everything in the kingdom works by faith. Another reason why this is important is because your Father It is impossible to please your heavenly father without faith. 
So you need to learn something about faith. And, of course, we're called Faith Family Church, so all the time, every year, we're going to talk about something that has to do with faith. Amen? Because we've got to learn this. We're commanded to live by it. God's not pleased without faith. He operates by faith. It's how we access his grace on our lives. That's why this is so, so vitally important. So what does it mean, what does he mean when he says have faith in God. Last week, we, we said he's essentially saying, do this this way. Uh, the, the Bible doesn't redefine uh, what faith is. It, it, it doesn't, it, it didn't create a word. They were already having faith. You sat down in that chair by faith, right? Got in the car by faith. You put the mail in by faith. You click send. All of that you did because you were persuaded that if you do this, you'll get this result. That's natural. You do it every day. You flip on a switch, you expect lights to come on unless you didn't pay the bill. Come on, somebody. You're firmly persuaded. As a matter of fact, if you hit the switch, it's got to be an outage in the neighborhood because I know I paid the bill, right? You're persuaded. As a matter of fact, you call with a bit of an attitude when something doesn't go that way because you are, you are convinced. And that's what the definition of faith is. Jesus didn't, didn't give the definition of, faith, uh, definition of faith. He just redirected it. He says, do this this way. You do this all the time. You have faith in people. You have faith in products, but now I'm commanding you, have faith in your Father God. Oh, man, I done preached myself happy today. I'm glad we came to church. Man, this is good. Right? So, so, so what does he mean? He's saying, do this. What is this? Having faith is just simply being firmly persuaded. Um, I left off one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. I got a lot of favorite scriptures. But in the book of Jeremiah, chapters 20 and verse number 7, he says, Lord, you persuaded me, and I let myself be persuaded. I know he goes on to say, you have overcome me and, I've, and have prevailed. I've become a laughingstock all day long, and everyone mocks me. But look at the first part of that. It's beautiful especially when you talk about faith in God. Jeremiah, prophet of God, he says, Lord, you persuaded me, and I let myself be persuaded. How many have ever been persuaded to buy something, right? How many have ever been convinced that, that, that if you do this, that, you know, you, oh, man, you're going to love this vacuum? Come on. <laughs> you know, we have been convinced and we have been persuaded by people, but how more when the God of the universe, your heavenly Father, persuades you to believe something. Sometimes you can have an attitude about it. God, you persuaded me to believe that, that this situation is, was, will turn around, and I let myself be persuaded. Come on, how many of y'all know that's a good testimony? Because it doesn't matter how bad it is, doesn't matter how dark it looks, if God persuaded you, it's good, and it'll turn in the right direction as long as you have faith in God. So I thought this was really cool. He said, you persuaded me, and I let myself be persuaded. So do this this way. The focus for today, however, is for us to learn how to have faith in our heavenly Father. 
We're not just talking about a salesperson persuading you, but letting yourself be persuaded by your dad, by by your, your heavenly father. Amen? This is your father we're talking about. This is not just a brand, right, that you can put confidence in. This is, somebody say it, this is my father. How many of you know you should be able to trust this in spite of what it looks like? Come on, in spite of how long it's been, in spite of what the doctor says, come on, in spite of what your body feels like, if God said it, that settles it. I can trust him. Say it out loud. I can trust my father. And if he says you're going to make it, you're going to make it. If he says it's going to be okay, come on, baby, it's going to be okay. If he says everything is going to be all right, guess what? Everything is going to be all right. Have faith in you, not just God, but have faith in your heavenly Father. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, it says this, Ask, and it will be given to you. That's confidence, isn't it? I think my son read this. I know he didn't read it, but it just seems like it. Because he asks and keeps on asking. (laughs) The next part, it says, seek and you will find. He seeks and keeps on seeking. It says, Jesus says, knock and what? It might be open. If you knock, what's going to happen? If you seek, what's going to happen? It will. And if you ask, what's going to happen? It will. You see that confidence? That echoes what he said in Mark chapter 11. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and shall not doubt in it, be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says shall come to pass. He what? He will have. Who said that? He will. Did you say that? You can be bold. You said that. He will have. What will happen? He will have whatsoever he says. So don't get a little stirred up about our confessions. Confession works. We're just doing what Jesus told us to do. He said if you speak to it and you don't doubt it in your heart, you believe what you say, come on, it might, it will. Ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will. Now who's talking? He's talking from the heavenly Father. He says, for everyone who asks, receives. For everyone that seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. There it is again. Or what man is there among you who, if, he, he, if his son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? I know I wouldn't do that. Or if, if his son asks for a fish, Will he give him a serpent? I know I wouldn't do that. He says, if you then, being evil, natural, human, or carnal, if you being like a human being, know how, oh, come on, to give good gifts to your children, particularly when they ask you, oh, my, how much more will your father, oh, man, this is so good, will your father who is in heaven, Give good things to those who ask him. 
would not ask her, you know, to plunder and to murder and to steal. No, we want good in our lives. Vehicles and housing, those are good things. Notice it says good things. It doesn't say spiritual things. It says good things. You're asking for a job. You're asking for an increase. You're asking for a promotion. You're asking for your child's life to be turned around. Is that not a good thing? It's a good thing, praise God. And he says, if you know how to good give, give good things to your children when you ask them, how much more? You got to put emphasis on that. He says, if you know how to do that, you best believe. Oh, y'all got to help me. I'm kind of getting way off. You better believe God knows how to give good things to his children when they ask him. So it takes you back to the next verse. Ask and you will receive, right? Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open. Who are you talking about? You're talking about asking your father. Hallelujah. So this is kind of the faith that we are to have in God. As a father, praise God. Jesus came to the earth to present to the world a side of God that they had not readily known or seen. The Old Testament talks a lot about God um, as God. But when Jesus came, he would often emphasize not just God. He would often emphasize that he's a father. Oh, it's getting quiet in this church. We've already read it several times. He would emphasize he's not just God. This is your father. This is not just God. This is my father. What is he doing? He's presenting, and I believe it today. We, 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 we want to make sure that we're doing this this way, that when we're having faith in God, it's not impersonal. We're having faith in one who is our heavenly father. He is God, but he's also your father. Look at this in Luke chapter 12. You all getting anything out of this? Anybody glad they come to church? I'm glad I came to church, man. This is good. It's going to be good all week. Praise God. Luke chapter 12, verse 22 through 32. I know it's a big passage of Scripture, but I want you to hear again this presentation, these stories that Jesus is telling. He said to his disciples, that's us. If you believe, if you've received, he's your father. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. I say this prophetically. Someone came to church. And you've been really worrying about something. I, I'm an architect by education. Uh, graduated college, Florida A&M University, uh, with a degree in architecture. I cut my, my degree short. I got a bachelor's of science in architecture instead of a five-year bachelor's of architecture. So I could go into the ministry. I knew God's called me to preach and the pastor. And so I could have got an extra year, but I made a beeline to the Bible school. Amen. Amen. Went out to Ramah. And since, you know, I'm a graduate, I got a degree, I'm going to put it to use. So I'll become an intern at a downtown law firm or not a downtown law firm, downtown architecture firm. And the owner, one of the owners came in one day and they knew that I had, I'm in Bible school while I'm going working as an intern. He says, you know, Stanley, uh, when I was young, I had a drug problem. And I, I got all serious, like, oh, okay, sir, yes, sir. And he said, my mom drugged me to church. 
He drugged me in church all the time. It's good to bring your kids to church, I'm telling you. Life is being changed right now. Really, it is. Deposits are being made. But one day, he, he um, gave me a definition of worry that I never forgot. And I pray if you're here and you've been worrying about something, I pray this minister to you that you'll never forget it. He said, Stanley, worry is the corrupt use of the imagination. God gave us an imagination. With Abraham, God said, look up and see if you could number the stars. So shall your seed be. Took him out to the beach one day, said, Abraham, look as far as you can see at the sand, and if you could number it, then you could also number your seed. So shall your seed be. What was he doing? God was getting Abraham to use his imagination. How many of you all know we should think big, right? But what is worry? Worry is actually the corrupt use of the imagination. You're imagining bad things happening. You're imagining bad things happening to you. And what does Jesus say? Specifically, he says, do not worry about your life. Don't imagine bad things happening. Don't be overly careful or concerned about what might be going on or what you think is going on or what is going on. In a negative sense, he says, oh, I don't know if you're receiving this, but I pray you will. I pray you get this, and I'm saying this by the Holy Spirit. You've been worrying, and he's got a word for you. Don't worry about your life. Why, Jesus? Don't worry about what you're going to eat. That's money right there. That's talking about consumable. Don't worry about, about, don't worry about your body. Come on, just pause there for a moment. There's some, you know, something not feeling right, something not good, and you're starting to worry, well, maybe that might be arthritis, or maybe that may have developed and may be cancer, or maybe I might be having this, or maybe I might be having that, and all kind of thoughts are coming through your mind, and you're thinking these negative thoughts, and the enemy is painting a picture in your mind, and it's almost like you can play this thing out. You can see you're worrying about your body body. He said, don't do that. Your children are your body. Those are your seed, right? He said, don't worry about that. What you should put on, again, that's consumable. He says, life is more than food, what you consume. Your body is more than clothing. Consider, verse 24. He says, consider the birds, the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. Listen, the birds don't have a job. You got a job. (laughs) Watch this. He says, look, I want you to don't worry about money. Don't, oh, who? That's, a, that's, that's probably it. Maybe you're online and you've been worrying about some money situation. Jesus said, don't worry about that stuff. He says, consider the ravens. Neither They don't have a job. They don't sow and they don't reap. But guess what? They eat all the time. He said, which neither have a storehouse or barn. They don't even have a bank account. Come on. They don't even have a place where they can put it. You know, if a bird puts something in a nest, somebody else will come by and eat it up. Come on. 
They got to go out every day and just believe and trust that food will be there. And I know that's an uncomfortable place for you to be, to go out and just believe that God will take care of you without a storehouse. But I'm here to tell you, if you have faith in God, you won't stay there long. Because listen, he wants your barns to be filled with plenty and your presses to burst out with new wine. But he said, don't worry about no money stuff. Don't worry about no body stuff. Don't worry about no job stuff. Don't be using your imagination to, you know, to, to, to cultivate these thoughts in your mind that literally come from the evil one. No, consider the birds. They don't have a place. They don't have a place to store, but God feeds them. Notice he uses God, G, right? God feeds them. He keeps going. How much more value are you than a bird? Somebody, I'm more valuable than a bird. He says, and which of you by worrying can add one cubit to your stature? I remember when I was short or, or, you know, when I was growing up, I always wanted to be tall. And we would go to health class. Come on, y'all got to help me. I see some guys looking at me. We would go to health, you know, do your little measurements. And you're always stretching out a little. Oh, y'all got to help me. I'm six foot one and three quarters to this day. Don't mess with me. Three Whatever. He said, now which one of you, just by worrying, can add one cubit to your height? Not one of us. If you're not able to do the least, he said, come on. If you're not able to do the least, he said, I think I went back. Why are you anxious for the rest? If you can't change it by thinking about it, you can't change your height. But why would you worry about anything else? He said, consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If God then, notice the G again. If God then so clothes the grass of the field, which is, t- which is in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? Let's keep reading. Notice he brings out the issue of faith. You have little faith if you find yourself worrying. When they were on the boat, they thought Jesus was going to let them drown. He's in the hinder part of the ship, sleep on a pillow. They are crying out for their life. They're in a boat. It's rocking. A, a storm is on. Jesus is sleeping through the storm. They wake him up saying, Master, do you not care that we're about to die? Wow, what an indictment. How would you like to be woken up to like, what's wrong with you? You don't care about it. It's like, man, give me a minute. What's going on? They wake him and say, Master, do you not care that we're about to pay? He calms the, he speaks to the storm. There he goes again, speaking, right? He speaks to the mountain. He speaks to the wind and he commands the waves to be still and it obey him. And he turns to his disciples and he says, oh, ye of little faith. Is it important for you to learn something about faith? Must be. Because he expected them to be speaking to the storm or riding it out through the sleep, but not surely running about worrying about dying. Amen. He says, oh, ye of little faith. Verse 29, he says, and do you not seek 
what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anx- or, and do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your father, somebody say your father, he knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. Verse 32, do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Come on, somebody. So now notice, he started talking about God. You know, if God feeds them, if God feeds them, if God makes the grass to grow, if God takes care of the flowers in the field, if God needs this, then how much more are you more valuable than a bird? And then he gets right down to it. It's your father's. Good. Somebody say, it's my father's. Good pleasure to give me whatever it is I need. Hallelujah. We're getting ready to wrap this up. So where's your faith at? Is your faith in your job? Are you firmly persuaded that you'll be okay because of your job? Or is your faith in God, your father? Is your faith in the doctor and what they're telling you? Or is your faith in God? Is your faith in the banker and his ability or her ability to loan you the money? Or is your faith in God? Jesus' message, what he brought you here for? so that you can uh, recalibrate your believing. You use believing all the time. You're, you're persuaded. He just wants you to recalibrate. Do this this way. Have faith, not just in God, but in your heavenly Father. Romans 8, 14 through 17 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you received the spirit of adoption, of adoption, by whom we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy, Daddy. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. What is he saying on the inside? He's saying that God is your father. He's not just God. He's your father. The Holy Spirit leading you. You are a son of God. You're a child of the almighty God. Verse 17, and he says, and if you're a child of God, if children, then you're an heir of God. You're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And if indeed you suffer with him, that, and, and, and indeed, if indeed we suffer with him, that we also may be glorified together with him. Notice we are sons of God and we get to call him Abba Father. <laughs> One of the greatest joys of my life is to hear my boys call me Daddy, Dad. They know that I'm their father. Ephesians chapter 5 in the Amplified, verse 1, it says, Therefore, be imitators of God. Copy him and follow his example. As well-beloved children imitate their father. Last night, well, my, my wife and our sons, they took me to the Astros game. And uh, so it was their first time going to the game. They got a little bobblehead with a little picture on it. They got a little certificate for being at the Minute Maid Park for the first time. Real cool thing. And um, 
man, they just love their dad. I mean, just especially. You know, I kind of feel like they love me more than, than, than they love their mom. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just messing. <laughs> and sometimes I have to get them because, you know, you know, we'll, we'll say, you know, you want to ride with your mom or you want to ride with, with, with your dad? And they're like, we're going to go with daddy. You know, like, don't get me in trouble. That's, that's my wife, you know. The Bible says that we are to imitate God, copy him, follow God's example, right? As well-beloved children imitate their father. So we had got home last night, and the boys, they were supposed to be watching something on Amazon on the little uh, thing at the kitchen counter. What is that thing called? The Echo, Echo Show. You know, so they're watching stuff. They're supposed to be watching stuff. But my son is watching me talk to my wife, and I'm kind of animated, right? So we, we're kind of talking, and I'm done. he gets down out of his chair, and he started acting like I was acting, talking to my wife. I'm like, this is none of your business. This is adult conversation. Pay attention to Amazon. <laughs> How many of y'all know, naturally, children imitate their parents? And, and, and Ephesians, Paul, by the Holy Ghost, he says, I want you to imitate God. You know, a part of our learning is that we're to have the God kind of faith, not just natural human faith, fear, which is a kind of faith. But he said, have faith in God or have the faith of God. How many of y'all know we should have the God kind of faith when we're facing a mountain? What does God do? When he sees something dark, he speaks light. When he, see, when he sees something dead, he brings life. He speaks life into dead situations. We ought to be copying God when we run up against a mountain that's in our way. We ought to be following his example when something looks dead. We ought to speak to it like our Father God. Woo, man, I'm preaching myself happy today. The Bible says of God in Romans chapter 4, verse 17. He's referring to Abraham, whom he believed even God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which be not or do not exist as though they did. We know that Abraham, like God, called things that be not as though they did. When he didn't even have one child, he ch God changed his name to Abraham, which is a father of a multitude. Not just a father, but a father of a multitude. And so when he didn't have any children at all, Abraham is now calling himself the father of a multitude. What did he do? He called those things that be not as though they were. Where did he get that from? He got that from the Father God. How many of y'all know it's not just Abraham, but it's God who speaks life to the dead. It's God who calls things that do not exist as though they did. You and I are supposed to imitate God. When we're dealing with a financial deal, you got to speak to that thing. Command it to come. Command the door to open. You're on a job. You're believing for something. You speak to it and you stay with it. You don't doubt it and you don't change. And it may take some time or it may take no time, but don't let it go. Who am I preaching to today? Don't give up. Don't doubt in your heart. Believe that what you said will come to pass and you'll have Whatever you said, stand up on your feet today. Whoo, glory to God. It's time for us to imitate our Heavenly Father. This is a word for you today. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You know this. You learn this. This is written on your heart. 
It's what Jesus is saying. Trust in the Lord. I want to change it. Just bear with me. Trust in your heavenly Father with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he shall, he will direct your paths. If you need wisdom, if you don't know what to do, if you've got a decision that's made, and I know this is by the Holy Spirit because I I prayed and I saw it, he will direct your path. You can trust your heavenly Father. Amen. Can I pray over you before we go? Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you. I speak on behalf of the people. We want to thank you for this message today. We receive it personally, just like a text from Jesus, to have faith. And and, and not just in God, but in our heavenly Father. Many of us have had wonderful examples of a natural father. And we can have confidence, even as a father, of good that we would for our children. But how much more? You as our heavenly Father, that when we ask that you give us good things, that you would give us the kingdom, we are joint heirs as a result of it. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. If you're here today, before we dismiss, while every head is bowed and nobody looking around, maybe you came in visiting, maybe you don't know the Lord, maybe you're online, and you don't have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I want to pray with you before you go. You can make him father today. You can become a part of his family. For God, the father, so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. If you're in person today or online and you want to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you. In a moment, I'll lead you in a word of prayer. If you say this prayer out loud and mean it from your heart, God will save you right where you are. I am going to ask the congregation to pray out loud, reaffirm your faith, but as an encouragement to those that might be praying for the first time. So if you want to give your life to the Lord, if you want to rededicate your life to God, maybe you've gotten into sin, you believe in Jesus, but you haven't been living for him, you haven't been obeying him. If you want to come back home to the Lord, I'm going to pray with you as well. So pray this out loud. Congregation, join us in Jesus' name. Say, God in heaven, I come to you today to give you my life, to dedicate my life to you, to receive you as my heavenly Father. I do believe that Jesus Christ, he is the Son of God. He died for my sins bearing my sins for me. They put him in a grave, but I believe, God, you raised him from the dead. Come into my heart. Save me from my sins. Lord, I repent for all my sins, and I accept this offer of forgiveness. Therefore, according to your word, I'm born again. Heaven is now my home. Thank you for receiving me 
and making me your own. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we celebrate them? Can you put your hands together? Bless them. God bless you guys. Amen. 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 And so we encourage you, if you gave your life to the Lord or rededicated your life to the Lord, get into a good church 